This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM, Unholstered, a podcast giving you an in-depth look at all the stories, events, and topics that show how our officers serve and fight for our community every single day. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Unholstered. I am Captain Sophia rosales Gatina. Uh, captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome to our show. It's a show about police. It's our backstories. It's what we do. It's an intimate look at our programs and things we're doing in the community to make the community better. And I am Kayla Blakesley, Sophia's co-host, and I am a uh, radio personality here in the Fort Wayne area. And Sophia, I'm just so thankful that you are doing Unholstered with me. You know, the local media teaming up with our Fort Wayne Police Department to, like you said, share all of the unfiltered stories, the behind the scenes, if you will, uh, just all of the, the stories that a lot of folks just don't hear when it comes to law enforcement. And really all month long, uh, Sophia and I have been focusing on back to school. We've talked a lot about digital technology. We've talked a lot about safety. And if you missed an episode of Unholstered, you can go and download any of our episodes right now online. You can download them anywhere you can download a podcast. But today we've got a really um, special intimidating looking guest joining us in studio to talk about school resource officers and I can't wait to dive in and really kind of touch on the points of why they are so controversial for some people so Sophia with that who'd you bring in today well, I'm happy and delighted to bring you uh, Deputy Chief Mitch McKinney. Um, he has headed over the Division of Community Relations since I came aboard um, as Public Information Officer um, before my promotion. So he's been heading up the SRO program for a long time for Fort Wayne uh, Police Department, and he's done some fantastic work. And we've actually switched our model of how we were doing things, and I'll let him explain hmm. why we did that and kind of the things we're seeing because we did that. Uh, but SROs are really important important um, part of our police department. I think they bring safety, security, um, and mentorship and friendship to students and faculty in our Fort Wayne Community Schools. And if you didn't know it, Fort Wayne Community Schools is the largest school corporation in Indiana. So we have numerous schools, numerous kids, and you know we just have a small group of wonderful SROs. We have great, great officers heading up those programs. And really, they don't get enough credit for what they do. So Amen this to that. Is, this is a really yeah. good opportunity for us to do that. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to uh, Chief McKinney. And you, can you kind of tell us about how the SRO program came to be, how we adopted that? And, and how did she twist your arm to get you to come in the studio? I want to know that. <laughs> he does everything I say. I mean, he's my boss. But let's face it, uh, as the woman of the group here, uh, he listens to me. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a smart leader. So it's one of those things where, uh, number one, thanks for having me on. And number two, we work as a team mm -hmm. and we have a big team concept wherever I go. It's very important to me that if I have put a vision out there that the folks that work with me stand next to me toe to toe and they're on the line and they see the same and they have equal input to what we're doing. You know, back in 2012, when I first took over the school resource officers, they were in the high schools. And what I realized really quick by visiting the high schools is that most high school students have made up their mind with the relationship with law enforcement by the time they made it to ninth grade. And we had to visit not only middle schools, but elementary schools that fed into the high school was part of their assignment. And it was task, uh, just a big task for them to do. And again, we have six school resource officers for the largest school corporation in the state of Indiana. Six. Is that, to me, that doesn't sound like a lot. It's yeah, not it, a lot. Okay. Indianapolis has Indianapolis Public 
uh, safety for schools, has their own department for schools. And so it's, it's a lot to do. And with the numbers that we have, we can't accomplish that. But I'm really proud of the six that we have. And the folks that have rotated through the program have been in and moved on to other things, have kept this program going. And the mentorship and the friendship and the follow through that these officers do tirelessly uh, without overtime, sometimes overtime, but they spend their lifeblood into these kids into making sure they do the right thing. You mentioned that by the time kids reach freshman year, they kind of already have their their attitude, their mentality towards SROs or law enforcement even in general, what do you find that attitude to be? Is it positive or negative? It just depends. Depends on household. Depends on what experience they've had, you know. And But when we moved them to sixth grade with our SROs having these kids in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, mm -hmm. now in that middle school age, they understand that actions have consequences. And I remember Carlton Mabel, when he was at Southside principal at the time, he came to me and he says, it's like about four years after that we had the SROs there, he says, I'm seeing the best group of freshmen come into my school because they understand wow. there's consequences for your actions. And when they see an officer coming in, they're not afraid to approach the officer. And we have a great group of officers who work as school security officers as well. So they're not in our division, but they work for Fort Wayne Community Schools, and especially my—I use Southside as uh, my model because I have Carrie Haywood, Kim Cease, Barry Thompson, you know, Aaron Johnson, a bunch of officers that work there and connect with these with these kids. So it makes it a good transition for us being in middle schools all day, and then when these officers work in the high schools and these kids transfer to the high school, they already have relationship with law enforcement. What's a typical day for an SRO? I mean, we all hear it, school resource officer, and we think, you know, they're just there manning the walls, if you will, and like you said, maybe maybe having some relationships with some of the students, but I guess what's the, what's the technical term of their job description? So they're law enforcement first, and folks need to realize that. We're there for the safety of that facility. And the great thing about that is they're educators also. So they're all instructors through the state of Indiana, and they are required to teach what's called Project Alert to all the seventh graders as part of their health and science. They go through and talk about um, drugs, alcohol, you know, how to, the prevention of that, smoking and all that. But they spend the time with those kids. Sixth graders get acclimated. Seventh graders are the core of the school. Eighth grade, they're about to get acclimated out to high school. So... When they arrive at school and they leave at school, very important to make sure that everything is smooth when people are coming and going. And throughout the day, they're classroom to classroom making connections with these kids. I can't stress enough the relationships that these officers, whether they're SROs or school security officers, have with these kids. Um, you know, when you're working with people, you, you work different events with people, different overtime events, and you're with people that may be in school security. Um, and these kids are out of high school. They're actually, we just had our testing for our department, and there were actually kids there that recognized one of the former school security officers, Officer Lisa Woods, and they're like, Miss Woods, Miss Woods, I came, I, I tested, you know, and, and she was so happy, and I was happy seeing that relationship. She remembered her from like four years ago when she was a senior in high school. So these kids remember those relationships. They remember being treated well they remember being treated fairly that's so and that's what we that's what our school officers do both the resource officers and the school security officers and i think that gets missed on a lot of people when you talk about school resource officers i, I don't think the first thing coming to mind is 
they're establishing great relationships with these kiddos and being a good example and a mentor. Like, I think that gets lost on a lot of people. And it's actually something that I honestly hadn't thought much about simply because my kiddos not in sixth grade yet, not, <laughs> yeah. even, not even close to being in middle school yet. But what I can't figure out is why they tend to be so controversial. Well, it's like, why is our profession so controversial? Good point. You know, when we look at what we do, 2% of what happens in law enforcement reaches the deadly force range. But 98% of what media shows is in that 2% mm-hmm. realm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Sophia and I have said. One, one reason we wanted to start this show is to tell some of the other stories. Because you're right. It seems like the only stories that get told are, in, in my business, they say, if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> and, and those right. are... The stories, unfortunately, that in the mainstream media that are being told. You're so right. And for me, we just finished a great session of public safety camps with the YMCA this summer. And the sensationalized about that was one of the kids walking up to me and saying thank you to me and giving me a hug and walking away. Oh, I love that. You know, because all we can do is plant seeds with these kids. These trees, we won't see the shades of these trees. You know, my hope someday is that one of these kids does just like with Officer Woods, walks up to me and says, hey, I'm a police officer. I'm testing. I'm going through. Because then you know you made an effect on someone's life going through. And we keep, we can't wait for that. So we keep finding and finding and finding and trying to affect every life of every child we reach. It's really kind of one of those situations. Like, again, I was at the camps as well, and, and a, a young man came up to me after. He says, Captain Captain Sophia, Captain Sophia. He goes, we're family now. And I'm like, you know, how do you, how do you, well, how do you respond to that except with, like, almost in tears, you know? And I'm like, yeah, we are, buddy. And, you know, we gave each other a hug. So, you know, these are the kind of relationships that – and I was just with him for two days for with these camps. Can you imagine having an officer in there? And we have such stories. Right. Yeah. And the stories that are coming out and what we've learned as I've kind of been in this area now for the last couple of years is we had an instance where someone called one of the students called one of our officers after hours significantly far after hours and they were in a very bad situation it was an abusive home and they needed help and you know she calls and she's like I'm going you know so I'm like well just you know she called Chief McKinney and he's like just make sure you call dispatch get a backup and go and, and that young lady was helped that night. And how many other times has this happened? All throughout the country, we have school resources all over the officers all over this country. And how many times do those kind of things play out that we never, hear, never about? hear about? Um, and, and that's what we want to get across is those kinds of relationships. If we save one child, is it all worth it? Absolutely. 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 So that's what we want to reinforce here. It's not, it's not a we're there to arrest people or we're there to harass kids. <clears throat> it's those relationships that we're build, building. So these kids have confidence because some sometimes, unfortunately, these kids don't come from families like I've experienced with love and with nurturing. Um, sometimes the only mentorship they get is that officer at that school. Um, so it, those are the relationships we we're trying to build here with this program. I kind of want to talk about policy because how, how does it work? It's obviously not a national policy, but is it is it based on each school or funds in terms of what school does have a resource officer? How does that work? So we work really close and contract with Fort Wayne Community Schools and they decide what schools they want a school resource officer in. So we've established those and then the other ones that don't have a full-time school resource officer, 
get a school security officer. And here this next year, all the school security officers are going to be trained just like our SROs. I just say, what's the difference? So we, we go through a lot of training as a school resource officer. They go through um, established training that they have to have by the state of Indiana. So we go through a national training through the National Association of School Resource Officers and the Indiana Association of School Resource Officers with basic and advanced school resource officer certifications. It's just so that they can understand juvenile law and they can work really closely with the courts. And our goal is not to arrest any child. Our goal is to make sure we can keep our children in school to understand there's consequences, but you can still stay here and be educated. Do arrests of juveniles happen often? I won't say often, but they happen. Sometimes, sometimes it's narcotics, mm -hmm. sometimes it's battery, you know, beating another kid, hitting the teacher, you know, it just depends. It's all across the board, but you know, and the kids fight, you know, but that's why we have the mentors in the school, bring them together, talk to them about it. They may have in-school suspension, that's okay. But we don't want to start this pipeline of having our kids going through the juvenile justice right. system. We want them to understand you can work through the problems you have right here in your school and go back to your classrooms and be productive young folks in our community. Yeah, this is a preventative measure for our kids to keep them out of the system. I think people have this misconception that the school resource officer is there to put them in the system, mm -hmm. and that's not the case. We're there to keep them out. Um, there's time and time again our our officers talk about, you know, look, I'm going to talk to you again. I don't want to take you to jail. I, I want to help you here. You got, but you got to tell me what's going on. And a lot of times, this deep seated trauma that is untreated. Um, trauma at home, neglect, abuse. Um, there's so many things that these kids are living with, and, and we see it, you know, as, as, as we're working with the adults and we're in the child's home. And, you know, the ch children are there when the domestic batteries take place. They're there when, when the ODs take place. They're there uh, when people are just horrible to each other. They're seeing all this. This mm -hmm. is traumatic for them. So then they go to school the next day, they start acting out because they don't know how to, to kind of cope with those emotions. So they have to have someone to talk to, someone to understand, and that officer can look up, see what happened at their, at their house last night and get, gain a better understanding where maybe someone in the school system wouldn't have access to those kinds of things. Uh, we are trying to work on a program, though, that may help facilitate that, and I'll, I'll speak about that later at a later time. But uh, you know, a lot of these kids just have no normalcy at home, if you mm -hmm. will, of what we would consider a normal home environment. And the, these sometimes these officers are, are their only mentor. Are most all any SROs armed? All of them. All, all of them. them are armed. All of them. And the school security officers as well. All of them. And what's the response to that? Because that's where I do feel like some of the controversy does come in. They, they, folks don't want, you know, armed law enforcement in their kids' schools. We don't have that problem here no? because okay. because we work in the community so much doing things with community relations that folks know that we're armed. Mm -hmm. They know we're law enforcement officers. Well, you said it. You're law enforcement first. Yeah, we're not security guards. Mm -hmm. We're law enforcement officers. So inside the school or the officer may hear something that happens in the neighborhood around their school. They need to leave the school. They'll tell the, the principal, hey, I'm leaving. We have a situation in our neighborhood. That helps the school as well, keeping the entire neighborhood safe. So I always say to folks that bring those questions up, what would, what would it look like for you to keep your school safe if the law enforcement officer showed up without the gun? And they don't say. Yeah. They just kind of look. I said, so think it all the way through because we don't want anything happening to our kids. We all have the same goal. All have the same goal. 
everybody, no one wants anything to happen to our kids anywhere. And so we have to secure that facility. And that's part of it, being a law enforcement officer and being in that school. I'm the one that controls that weapon in that school. Do you have any incredible stories that you can share about some of our local SROs? Uh, You know, maybe, oh, what are you showing me here? (laughs) So this is most recent. So... I'm going to oh, say the sweet. name. Everybody knows. So this is JP. This is James Payne. And so, I've heard about James <laughs> We already got a request for James. We've already got a request for him. Well, That's the big right. part about him is that, you know, he's a IHSAA umpire referee. You know, he's a big sports guy. Uh, he was a, basically a football icon where he came from Murray, Kentucky was actually put into the Hall of Fame down there, was recognized back in his hometown. And the biggest thing is, this is the World Baseball Academy, and it just wrapped up this week. And, you know, it was a simple ask, hey, if you can get yourself out there, swing out there, just to be with these kids. Because here's another example of the programming, and we work very closely with the Boys and Girls Club, with the YMCA, Bridge of Grace Ministries. And just to look at this and say, this child has probably never held a bat before, has probably never hit a baseball before, and he's taking this time to make sure that she's not only doing it right, but has the experience. It's a sweet picture. What has the experience, right? Has the, has the yeah, experience I saw, through. I saw him this morning. And so it was one of the things where when someone sent this to me from the World Baseball Academy, I immediately sent it back to him because I believe he hadn't seen it and he hadn't. And I said, this is what I'm talking about because the picture says a million words, yeah. right? But this is what it's about. This is what you don't have people coming out taking pictures of our school resource officers or all of our officers doing. They stop at playgrounds. They play basketball. They, they, they just make the effort to be with these kids. Unfortunate part, like Sophia just said, these kids can't take those stories back home. Yeah. If they go back home and tell how much fun they have with an officer, what's going to happen to them then? That's the part, because once they leave us and they come back, we don't know if they had to experience more trauma, but we keep working and giving them a positive place to be. I think I already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, and I'll put it to both of you. Do you feel like in every school across the country, there should be school resource officers in them? Yes. Absolutely. I had a feeling you are going to say that. Just seeing the enormous impact that officers have in those kind of environments is, is swayed me. Uh, I might not have always thought that way just as an officer. And I think sometimes as an as an officer on the street, you know, what, well, what's the school resource doing officer doing? They're not doing anything. We're out here taking runs. And but but they're they're making it so we don't have to take more. Right. So if we can keep these kids out of the system, that's one less run that street officer has to go to. And that's where we need to look at what are we preventing by having them there and what what kind of things are are they doing in those schools? Because I'll tell you. I've seen what they do. I've, I've read reports of what they do. They're doing a lot. And they're responsible not only for their middle school, but the feeder schools of the elementary schools that go into those middle schools as well. So that's a, those are hundreds, if not thousands, of kids that mm-hmm. they're responsible for. Are there one SROs officer. In, in, like, elementary schools as well or no. is it just middle school, high it's school? It's just the middle school, and then we have school security officers in the high schools. Um, so they're not part of the high schools are not part of our SRO program, just the middle schools. And then the feeder schools that go into the middle schools, uh, the middle school SRO is responsible for those feeder schools. I'm really putting you on the spot here. Is there is there data or some kind of evidence that shows, let's say, this school that does have an SRO compared to this school that doesn't, that, uh, you know, the SRO is impactful in a positive way. Is there any kind of tangible? I would tell you that the, the data comes from 
comparing to schools where the SROs are because they have to give us back data every year. Gotcha. So every time they make contact when, with a parent, make contact with an administrator, with a child, teaching, whatever they do, they give that data back to us so we can have it for our end of the year report. So the difference is going to be um, no one's really collecting that data in the schools without them because there's nothing that they have to do with that. Now, uh, Fort Wayne Community Schools will collect data, like Michael Manuel will collect it and says, hey, I need you guys to let me know when you're doing certain things disciplinarian-wise, but it, it's not going to reach the level of an individual officer that's out doing those because they're, they're needed. So the people are calling our SROs all the time, and sometimes it's duplicated data because if someone calls the SRO from another school mm -hmm. and the SRO takes care of it and they're logging it for us, then someone else may log it for the school. So sometimes it's a skewed view but you will definitely see much more data coming out of the middle schools where our SROs are. What would you say to a parent or guardian listening right now that's like, nope, no way, I don't want an SRO in the school that my child's going to? Absolutely not. What would you say to that person? Come see James Payne at Lakeside. <laughs> Come see Alicia Smith at Kikianga. Guy. They all are. Yeah. They really are. Go see Ben Young. You know, go see Greg Addison. And what they don't know, you know, out at Jefferson with with um, Chris McAfee, all of all of our mm -hmm. folks, Greg Addison's uh, um, master sergeant in the Air Force with the Air Guard. You know, they don't see what they do outside. They just see him from the uniform. They don't see James when he's out doing, you know, refereeing and all of that, those things that they do outside of the school. In that school building, that is the only mentor sometimes those kids have to come to and sit and talk to outside of a teacher and come visit the school. What's crazy, and I've said this to Sophia, I think, in a previous episode before, but it's just ringing true with what you're saying that y'all are y'all are humans you're real people too you have families you have hobbies you have extracurriculars you know you i i hear rumor that you, you did play the drums or i just, do i just, still do just hung up the drums <laughs> yeah, still, still i play do. for the department still we play in the pipe and drum band so but, i still know, do that but that's just it i mean y'all are real people right and you're not just a uniform you know right. and i think to me i i guess that's why i'm so passionate about this show is because I want to share those stories. I guess on that note, what, what do you hear, at least with SROs? What, what are the negatives that people come up with? I haven't heard it from the public. <clears throat> I think all our SROs are just fantastic. Uh, we get a lot of compliments on them, actually, more so than probably any That's other refreshing. I'm so area. glad you did that. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's because they're so relatable, right? They, they they get out there, you know, Officer Smith at Kikianga and Officer Blocker at Memorial Park. I mean, we, we get uh, awards night, I think, um, Officer Young from Northwood, he gets a lot of awards because he goes the extra mile. I mean, he really, really goes the extra mile. He loves those kids, and he does everything for them. Um, their parents call him in the summertime. He's still responsive. Uh, he, and all of them are. They're all, it's the same story for all of them. Do they wear body cameras? They do not, but they will, they will. once we get it's them, once, once they come in, but they will have them. Okay. Um, but at this point, they don't. But the schools do have video just about everywhere um, that they would be or need to be. Chief McKinney, you are super passionate, obviously, about school resource officers. Where does that come from? Why? You know, for me, I was raised Catholic, so I went to the cathedrals where I went, and we didn't have any of that experience, you know, to have officers. But we were just explaining uh, to some folks that we were doing a, another video production with that when we were growing up, we had Mike the Talking Bike. 
Okay, I don't know what this is. And it was hilarious <laughs> because because you know an officer would come in and stand behind the screen like the Wizard of Oz, right? Okay. And have this cord running. This bike would talk to you, and he's back here talking, and we were like, oh, yeah, I'll check that <laughs> Can you out. Give us an impression. And it was so hilarious. No, it was just funny you know, to go through. And when I was, I was talking to this gentleman, he says, "Man, you just took me way back." And the officer I ended up working for here when I when I first started, Lieutenant um, Rick Stoner, you know, rest his soul. He was my mentor when I was the crossing guard captain for St. Patrick's School. And so when I looked at him the first time and I said, your beat was Harrison and Dewalt. Oh, my gosh. He remembered his beat. And he said, well, I said, that was my corner. And he said, he goes, well, yeah, how you know that? I said, because I was the safety patrol captain. And then, then his age kind of hit him, right? He realized it. But that's the passion is just knowing that kids need us. They need adults that care for them, and they need to know that you have a caring adult that you can go to and talk to. And we even stretch it even farther. If you need me to come into your home and talk to your parents, I will. You know, what can I do to help them? Because the kids aren't the root causes. The root cause is what's happening in the home. Mm -hmm. And we try to help as many people as we can. How did you get in this business to begin with? In policing? Yeah. Policing found me. So I was district manager for Belmont Beverage. I used to sell liquor. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> Down where the Courtyard Marriott was. Yeah. He still picks out a really good <laughs> bottle of wine. I'm just here to tell Not you. Why do I like you? Yeah, 11, yeah. 1118 South Harrison was my home for seven years. And a good friend of mine came up and he said he was in the class before me. And now he's a lieutenant at Bettino. He gave me an application and we've known each other our whole lives. And he says... He goes, I made it through. He says, we're hiring, and this is what you should be doing. No kidding. And I Just... was 32 years old, and I took it to my wife, Cindy. Happy birthday, Cindy. And uh, took it to her, and I said, if you don't endorse it, I'm not doing it. She goes, I think you make a great cop. Tried once, made it once. Oh, my. And then 21 years here later, here are. I am. I say over 20 years later. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. kidding. And now you're the chief. Deputy chief How, of how did that happen? So the, the chief came to me in April, and he offered me the position, and uh, we talked for a while about what it would look like. And, uh, you know, when I was captain of community relations, our PIO was leaving, and, and he said, we well, need to make a list. I'm like, no. I said, it's Sophia. If she doesn't want it, then I'll make a list after that. I said, you shouldn't. Don't look any that? farther. How about that? That's my co-host you're talking and, about. And, uh, you know, our former PIO said the same thing to me. I said, go, just run with it. I said, if she says no, we'll go. But that's the passion just comes from, you know, knowing that you work through the system and that you're doing things well and you're doing well for people. Can I, can I get a little personal with you? Since, sure. since I have you here, I don't have your ear that often, you know, <laughs> this is pretty rare. Uh, and I, I know we've been talking, you know, back to school. It's been really an important topic of conversation for Sophia and I here on Unholstered right now because it is back to school season. Um, but just just law enforcement in general, why is there that stigma? And, is, and maybe it's because everything's going on in the world right now that a lot of you, unfortunately, are getting a really bad rap. You know, for me, it's just the fact of the matter. We had pandemic going on. Mm -hmm. We had folks that, that had a lot of time on social media. Social media is high emotion. Yeah. And and that was was driven. And when it comes here, we were boots on the ground when we had our civil unrest. And you have to just facts matter. People matter. And that's that's just what it is. And you get a bad rap when you have a false narrative and you want to follow it and carry it. But when you come with facts, 
then that's why Fort Wayne is staying strong. Do you have to tell yourself that every day? Facts matter, people matter. Every day. This seems like really good mantra. Every day. I, yeah. That's my it every is. day. It's, it's important to what we do. Um, I think as officers, we have to deal in facts. I can't deal in emotion because I can feel sorry and empathetic for a situation, but if it needs to be handled, I still have to do that. Have to have so facts. I have to have you know the probable cause to do things, and I have to have facts to earn that cause, and, and that's what we deal with, and that's why I think we're kind of matter-of-fact people. Um, and we still have emotion. I still cry, and exactly. you know I have to make death notification. I have to tell your child sick or hurt. Um, you know I'll, I'll get all welly-eyed, um, but it, it's just it's the, the bottom line is it's facts, and that's what we deal with, and that's what we have to deal with. It's the number one question I actually get all the time: is how can we support our local law enforcement? And to say, I'm always this person. I'm like, well, buy them a meal. Tell them thank you. Say thank you. Show that they're, you're appreciative. That's what I always say to people. But is am I missing something? Is Wave there a better with way? all five of your fingers. Okay. <laughs> I take it you get some not so uh, kind waves. Every Sometimes. Now. Yeah. Yeah, but it happens. We love our profession, and we love our city, or we wouldn't be here serving it. It's okay. I get those kind of waves once in a while. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, right. So, Sophie, you brought in a good one. Today. I did. He's fantastic. I've been very. It's been my honor to work with him, and, and you know, be his subordinate, even though. I'm kind of quasi-boss, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. I, I strong-armed him here. Deputy Chief McKinney, on behalf of Sophia uh, and myself, just so glad you could come in today, uh, this Saturday morning. You are a remarkable guy. It's been my pleasure really just getting to know you. Coming up next week here on Unholstered, we continue our back-to-school theme. We're going to be talking about drugs. What is floating around a school near you? More importantly, we're also going to kind of touch on the southern border and what drugs are coming across the border and whether or not they are landing here in the Fort Wayne area. I'm really anxious to have that conversation, Sophia. So definitely be tuned in next Saturday to Unholstered right here on WoWo, your town, your topics, your team. This is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered with Kayla Blakesley and Sophia Rosales-Scantina. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. Podcasts by Federated Media.